Welcome to the teaching ministry of Bay Ridge Christian Church. This teaching is from the series, The Beautiful Community. As the image of the Trinity, the church is called to be the beautiful community of unity and diversity. And everything we need to accomplish this has been given to us by God so that we might overflow with blessing for others. We hope this helps you understand and apply God's word in your life today. We're going to be continuing our series on the beautiful community. Today we're going to be looking at the beautiful community blessing. We're going to be looking at Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 through 14. I'm going to be reading um, out of the New International Version. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 through 14. So hear now the word of our loving, living God. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. And he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times will have reached their fulfillment, to bring all things in heaven and on earth together under one head, even Christ. In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we, who were the first to hope in Christ, might be for the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Having believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. Amen. Uh, that is such a rich text. I mean, if, if that can't get you excited about who we are in Christ Jesus and what God is doing, that there's nothing else for you. That is a great text. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw out a phrase in, in light of that text, and I'll, I'll throw out a word, and let's do a word association. Blessed. What would you all say? To be a blessing, okay? How do we end every meeting here? Blessed to be a blessing. The video we just showed ended with blessed to be a blessing. When you walk in and look right up front, you see our, our mission map of the world. And on the bottom it says, blessed to be a blessing. That's going to kind of be our theme in concluding this series for the next two weeks. We've been looking at all the ways God is making us into a beautiful community. But it all ends with this idea of we are blessed, but we are blessed to be a blessing. This is a Trinitarian reality. The blessed one is the triune God, Father, Son, 
and Holy Spirit. And all blessing that exists flows out of the life of the Trinity, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. As they love one another, adore one another, relate to one another, that spills out into the blessing that was creation, and that is redemption, and that is every blessing we know. And so this week, we're going to look at how we are blessed, and next week, we're going to look how we are a community that is sent on mission to be a blessing to others. So let's dive in. Now, as we talk about the Trinity and blessing, notice again, one of the things I'm doing in this series is looking at texts that we may have read before and trying to get us to see that the underlying reality of the text is the Trinity that we oftentimes haven't paid attention to. So notice once again here, this passage that Paul begins the letter to the Ephesians, when he wants to tell them they are blessed, he begins with a Trinitarian structure. Now, Verses 3 to 14, we have as many, many sentences in English, and in fact, we oftentimes break them into multiple paragraphs. It's really only one or two sentences in the Greek. It is a long run-on sentence, just a couple of short things, and it's all one tightly compacted unit. And notice it begins and ends with the persons of the Trinity. So in verse 3, we read, Praise be to the God and Father, of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we begin with the Father and the Son, and he says that all blessings are found flowing from the Father into the Son and into those who are in the Son. And then notice down in verses uh, 13 and 14, he says that if you having believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance of these blessings. So the blessings are rooted in the Father, they are given through Jesus Christ, and they come to those who are marked with the Holy Spirit. The blessings that Paul is talking about flow from the Trinity. Now, this is important because the Trinity is the ultimate reality in the universe, but this also tells us, as we've seen in this series, whenever you see things that are Trinitarian, there is a unity and a diversity. So there is a diversity of blessings, but they are all also one united form, as we're going to see that they are in Jesus Christ, all of the blessings. And so they're not just, this isn't just a passage about blessing, it is a specifically Trinitarian passage about blessing from the Father, through the Son, and given to us and imparted into our life by the power of the Holy Spirit. And notice in this Trinitarian passage, it is centrally about blessing, the blessing that comes from the Holy Trinity. So notice again in verses, at the beginning of verse 3, the beginning of this section, and then verses 13 and 14 at the end, we read, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. And then as we move through, Paul enumerates all of these blessings. We're going to see all the many. But then he comes back at the end, and he says that we are marked with the seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. So Paul says, you are blessed from the Father, you are blessed in the Son, and it is with every spiritual blessing. This is the many and they are guaranteed by the Holy Spirit. You have an inheritance, not of some blessing, every 
covenant blessing God has is yours, is mine. That is what it means to be in the beautiful community. It means we are blessed. No matter what else is going on around us, this reality has not been changed by 2020. It is not changed by the coronavirus. It is not changed by struggles and problems in our society. It will not be changed whatever happens with the election in November. It is God's blessing on his people. And it is guaranteed by the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So the Trinity has promised to give blessings so that the church is the beautiful community of blessing. The beautiful community of those who know no matter what else is going on, we are marked by the blessing of God. That is the reality that stamps us. And then we'll see next week, therefore, we are a blessing to others no matter what the circumstances. In fact, when things fall apart, that's all the more reason for us to be a blessing. In the middle, where everybody else is hoarding, we're giving, we're blessing, because that's what God calls us to be. So let's look at this idea of the church, the beautiful community, being a people that are blessed by the Trinity. First, notice the variety. Because it's Trinitarian, there's a multiplicity. And the multiplicity comes out in that we have been given a variety of blessings by the Trinity. So Paul tells us in verse 3, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing. Now this is, this is such a rich idea. Paul says every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms has been given to us. It's not some blessing, it is every blessing. It's not that most of the blessings come to us, it is every blessing God has is given to us. And Paul does not here say it's given to a few people who have achieved a certain degree of spirituality. If you are in Christ, he tells us down in verse 14 that you've been marked by the Holy Spirit. When that happens to you, you are given every blessing in Christ. The moment you believed, the moment you went from unbeliever, child of darkness, servant of the kingdom of darkness to being a believer. You were given the Holy Spirit. You are part of the kingdom of light and every blessing God has is yours. Right from the beginning. Paul notes this to the Ephesians and then he breaks it down and he lists and I'm going to bring out five different spiritual blessings Paul gives us. Now, and I want to point out, these are spiritual blessings. We quickly, one of the things we've messed up in the American church is we've tried to turn everything into a temporal blessing that is a physical blessing. Paul says the important blessings are spiritual blessings. They are not temporal. They are eternal. They are not of this earth. They are heavenly. Because, friend, if they are of this earth, raw, uh, rust can decay it away. Moths can eat and corrupt it. But what is given to us in Christ cannot be touched by anything on this planet. So notice Paul breaks them down. He says, first, we were blessed by being chosen in eternity past. Verse 4 and 5, for he chose us before the creation of the world to be holy 
and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us to be adopted as sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. So notice this idea of chosen, predestined, before the creation of the world. Now this is important because it means you didn't earn the blessing, nor did I. Paul doesn't say at one moment your obedience reached a high enough level that God chose to bless you. That's precluded by the fact the world didn't even exist yet. Not only did you not exist, not only were you not a twinkle in your parents' eyes, your parents didn't exist, matter did not exist. Nothing. The triune God existed, and he looked and said, I choose this one. They are mine, and I am going to bless them with everything that can flow out of my triune nature. That is good news, because if you didn't earn it, it doesn't depend on you. It doesn't depend on what you can do, what you have accomplished. It depends on God's pleasure and will. It depends on who God is. And so Paul says these blessings are not only given, not given by this age, they're not conditioned by this age because they are eternal. Before anything else existed, God decided, I'm going to bless you. Man, that is good news. Because whatever else is happening in my life, whatever else is happening in my week, I can know God's choice to bless me is rooted in eternity past. He decided before anything else existed, he was going to bless. And because it's rooted in eternity past, no one and no thing can remove it from us. 2020, as messed up as it's been, does not affect this because it's rooted outside of space and outside of time in the very character and decision of God. First point. Second uh, way that we look at the second type of blessing is Paul says we are blessed by being redeemed in the present. It's not just that it was done outside of time before the creation of the world because see, here's one of my problems. Well, I'm blessed, but I still struggle with sin. Isn't that messing it up? Well, notice what Paul says. In him, and Jesus, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. Paul says you have been redeemed. You have been bought by God himself. Yes, you were under slavery to sin, but in the present, God redeemed you. God bought you. God brought you to himself. And through the blood of Jesus Christ, your sins have been forgiven. They have been washed away. And it's not in accordance with your good works, but in accordance with the riches of God's grace. Once again, the, the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, there is this love, and it just overflows, Paul says, and it comes onto you and I, and it wipes away our sins. That's the blessing we have here in this present life. We experience the blessing and joy of being redeemed and forgiven of all of our sins. And this is good news because much of the problem in the world out there is we all struggle with the shame of our sin. We've been doing this since the garden. When you and I sin and we experience guilt, we hide from God, we hide from one another. We try to turn on God and blame it on him. We try to turn on one another and blame it on one another. Shame 
pushes us into all kinds of crazy behaviors. But Paul says, you don't need to be that way because you have been redeemed. You have been forgiven. You are blessed because God has wiped away your every sin, past, present, and future. And friends, if you and I know that, if we grasp that, then I don't need to get in there and jockey for position with others. I'm forgiven. I'm free. I am accepted by God. And so whatever craziness you can throw at me, it doesn't really matter. I'm accepted by God. I am blessed by God. And therefore, I can respond back, not in kind, but as one who's been forgiven. Third blessing, we are blessed not only in eternity past and in the present, we are blessed because we know the final end of history. We know where everything is heading. Notice what Paul says in verses 9 and 10. And he made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times will reach their fulfillment, to bring all things in heaven and on earth together under one head, even Christ. Paul says we are blessed because we know where this whole thing is going. See, you and I don't know what tomorrow holds, okay? If you tell me that December the 31st, 2019, you predicted what this year was going to look like, you're a liar. We did not know. I don't know what tomorrow looks like or what 2021 looks like, but I do know what the end looks like. The end looks like every knee bowing, every tongue confessing, everything being summed up under Jesus Christ. So I don't know how the plot of this movie is going to unfold, but I know how it's going to end. And so I don't need to worry if it takes a turn that was unforeseen because it doesn't matter how many turns it takes. I still know where we're going. I still know where the destination is. So many people around us don't know that. And so they fight and they struggle and there's this worrying, but we don't have to live that way because we know how the story ends. Because we have the blessing of knowing the battle is not in doubt, that God's will is going to be done, and Jesus is going to be head over everything. Now what this means is Christians should not live in fear. And Christians of all people should be the least susceptible to giving in to crazy conspiracy theories about what's going on in the world around us. Unfortunately, we're not living as the beloved community, the blessed community that way. Because we're all worried about what so-and-so is going to do. It does not matter. The end of the story has been written, and no one is going to prevent it from happening. God is going to accomplish his will. We should be the eternal optimists. When they look and say, do you think that's a glass half full or half empty? Our answer should be, it's completely full. Because God is going to accomplish his will. God is going to do what he has promised. He's going to accomplish everything he has set out. And no matter what anybody else does, I'm blessed. That should be the way we approach life. Let me encourage you, 
while you may be stuck at home more than you have been, don't spend your time surfing the internet looking for all kinds of crazy things. Get in the Word of God. You want to know what your future is? You want to know what tomorrow is for you? You're going to find it in the Word of God, not some crazy website out there. Okay, we should be those who are given to eternal truth. This is what reality is. But Paul says, there's more. Again, like, kind of like the Ronco guy, you know? Wait, there's more. If you order now, you're going to get this blessing. Because Paul says, you are not only blessed in eternity past, you are not only blessed in the present by having your sins forgiven, you are not only blessed in the fact that you know where the world is going, you are blessed because your future inheritance is secure. You not only know what the end of the story is, you know your part in the end because the Holy Spirit has been given to us. So notice how he concludes this in verses 13 and 14. He tells us, you were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth, the gospel, the good news of your salvation. And having believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who was a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the glory of his grace. Paul says, when you came in, the Holy Spirit was given to you, and he is a seal. He is a mark of God's ownership upon you. He is God's down payment, and he is a guarantee. Highlight that word. Not a possibility, a guarantee that we will receive our full inheritance. You want to know how you're blessed? You are blessed because your future is as secure as your past. Because the Holy Spirit dwells in us, He keeps us, He marks us, He guarantees we will receive the full inheritance of the people of God. However this story unfolds, next week or next month, whatever twists and turns, on the final day, God's going to say, mine, because the Holy Spirit is in you, and he has marked you, and he has guaranteed you for full inheritance. And somebody remind me, how big is our inheritance? How many blessings does it contain? Everyone. That is what every one of us have, and it is guaranteed. It does not matter. It's as if you were promised that at a point in your life, you're going to come into the biggest fortune in the history of the world. And you may between now and then go through times of poverty, but it doesn't matter because you know on that day, my inheritance is going to be here and no one can take it away. And that's what God has promised to you and me. Friends, to be a Christian, to be the church of the living God, is to know that we are blessed from eternity past, through this present life, and into eternity future. That is full and secure blessing. And it belongs to everyone who's in Jesus Christ. Man, that is good news. So let me ask a question as we're just going here, because we're going to kind of do applying the word as we go through. Do I live my life is it defined by the blessing that is given and secured by the Trinity, no matter what the current circumstances? Or is my life shifting and changing by the circumstances that are around me? What, what defines the way I think, the way I approach life? Because 
if it gets rooted down in your heart that you are blessed. Those people we saw in China a few moments ago, see, they know they are blessed. It doesn't matter what the government does. It doesn't matter that they are under fire right now. They know they are blessed. The blessings were not bestowed by the Communist Party. They are not secured by the Communist Party, and they cannot be taken away by the Communist Party. Do we approach life that way? Do I know deep in my gut, come what may, God is in control. I, I just listened to a book before I move on thing called uh, The Warmth of Other Suns. It was about the great migration of blacks from the south up into urban cities in the, the north and the west. And that one of the main characters in it, her name was Ida May, uh, all the way into her 80s, no matter what happened, when she lost her husband, having to live in the Jim Crow South, everything that went on, she kept saying this phrase, God don't make no mistakes. God don't make no mistakes. When, when, some, when a, a close person to her was sick, she said, God don't make no mistakes. That's a woman who says, I'm blessed. I'm, it doesn't matter what's going on right now. I'm blessed. I am secure because my God don't make no mistakes. He's watching over me. Do we know that? Do we live out of that? Second thing to understand, and this is where the unity comes in, because there is a diversity, because it's Trinitarian, there's also a unity. The unity is that to receive the blessings by the Trinity, we have to be in Christ. And that's the only condition to the blessings is being in Christ. Notice Paul says in verse 3, Praise be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who's blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. This phrase is so important, it became known as kind of Paul's phrase, in Christ. This book is preeminently the book that speaks of us being in Christ. We are blessed in Christ is a key theme throughout Ephesians and throughout this passage. We're going to throw up on the screen right now. I'm not going to read them all, but here's how much it's all centered on Jesus. In verse 4, you are chosen in him, Jesus. In verse 5, you are predestined through Jesus Christ. In verse 6, you receive the grace that is given in the one he loves, that the Father loves, Jesus Christ. In verse 7, your redemption comes through his blood. That's how you receive forgiveness of sins. In verse 11, you are chosen in him. In verse 12, we are the ones who hope in Christ. In verse 13, we were included in Christ through his gospel. And in verse uh, 13 again, we are marked in him, in Christ, with the seal, the promised Holy Spirit. I mean, there's a point at which I, I laugh. Uh, my, my wonderful wife, Linda, I can tell if she's not going to like a commercial when it comes on. If they keep repeating the same thing over and over and over and over again, it drives Linda crazy. She, can, she hated the Pink Panther cartoon where they run back and forth and they keep stealing the thing and it keeps going and going. She cannot stand that. She would have probably been saying, Paul, I, I got it. I, it's in him. It's in Christ. I got it. I got it. I got it. But Paul keeps saying, no, no, you got to understand. It's in him. Everything is in Jesus Christ. Friends, there are no spiritual blessings or promises apart from being in Christ. Every promise of God is found only in Jesus Christ. So if you want to know if you're blessed, are you in Christ? If you are not, you are not. If you are, you are, period. Notice Paul tells us this in 2 Corinthians 1.20 in another passage that if we looked at, 
we would see the Trinity and you would see how the Holy Spirit's given us a deposit to guarantee it. But Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians 1.20, for no matter how many promises God has made, they are what? Yes, in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. Whatever's going on around us, Paul says, if you are in Christ, ask yourself that question, am I in Christ? If so, every promise of God, the answer is yes. All of them. And you just say amen to the glory of God. And so the, the thing is, is that every covenant promise of God is given to anyone who is in Christ. There's no separate groups. Secondly, no covenant promise of God is given to anyone outside of Christ. Whatever blessings anybody is, is getting in this life outside of Jesus Christ, they are uncovenanted blessings. That's a big point that Jonathan Edwards made in his sermon, Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God. You are hanging there, he said, by uncovenanted love and grace. You don't deserve the fact that God is sustaining you moment by moment, and you don't have the covenant promises to guarantee that he will, unlike a Christian who has them. The only way to receive any blessing from God is not by who your lineage is, what your background is. There is only one covenant promise and it is all given in Jesus Christ. So the, pro the question for us, not only us in this room, but anybody listening is, am I in Christ? Because everything we're saying today only applies if I'm in Jesus Christ. If you are in Christ, you are blessed. And if you are not in Christ, your inheritance is not blessing, but what your sins would deserve. So I urge everyone, flee to Christ. Be in Christ, because that's where blessing comes from. The third point that we'll make on the blessings is to fully receive and experience the blessings given in Christ we must walk in unity in a local church. This is another part of the unity. You have to be in unity with God's people. Now, why do I say that? Notice in the passage, I'm just going to put up verses 3 to 5 to show this. Praise be to the God and Father of my Lord Jesus Christ. Is that what Paul says? Of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed me. Is that what Paul says? Who has blessed us. Notice in verse 4, for he chose us. Down in verse 5, he predestined us. Now, I could keep going through this passage, but I'll go ahead and point this out. Every pronoun in this passage is plural. Every verb in this passage, all Greek verbs are singular or plural. Every last one of them is plural. Because Paul's point is Blessing is found in being as part of God's people. Now, this is critical to us because every culture's got its temptations. And there are some that so stress the corporate nature in the community, they've lost individuality. That is not America's problem. We want everything on an individual basis, and Paul tells us it doesn't work that way. It doesn't happen that way. It is found in the people of God. Now let me show you another passage that I almost used for today's text that teaches the same thing. This is Psalm 133 that we've all heard before. Notice this passage. How good and pleasant it is when brothers live together in unity. It is like precious oil poured on the head 
running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down upon the collar of his robes. It is as if the dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion, for there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life forevermore. So notice this text is about blessing. Also notice that this text is a pre, an Old Testament precursor of the Trinity. Now why do I say that? Who is the, who, what does the oil represent in the scripture? The Holy Spirit. The anointing is the anointing of the Holy Spirit. It, the oil is anointing who here? Aaron. Who is Aaron? The high priest. Now here's a good thing. I didn't know until this morning when Bobby called me right before when I was driving in here that he was going to open by talking about the great high priest. Who is Aaron, our great high priest? Jesus Christ. There's only one high priest. The oil is the spirit, the high priest is the son, and the word Lord there is Yahweh. This is God the Father commanding a blessing. This is another Trinitarian text. The oil of the spirit of blessing comes to us through our great high priest, Jesus Christ. It is an overwhelming blessing that pours down upon the head. It drenches all the way down under the collar. It's so much it pours all the way down onto the robes. And God says, I command blessing. Now, the question is, where does God do this? Notice what the text says. How good and pleasant it is when brothers do what? Live together in unity. There God commands a blessing. See, this is Trinitarian blessing. So it's not just, well, I'll get my blessing and I'll go off and I live my way and you get your blessing and you go off and you live your way and God says it doesn't work like that. It's when brothers dwell together in unity with all of their differences all the ways that they don't see life the same, their experiences are different, we are of different ethnic backgrounds, all these things are different. And God says, when you realize that you are one in Jesus Christ, and you come together, and you dwell together because you realize that, what unites you, that you are in Jesus, is far more important than anything that divides you. God says, I stand up and the Spirit is poured out and he comes on all those who are in Christ and it is a drenching of blessing and God the Father stands up and says, I command blessing on that people. If you want blessing, dwell in unity. And if you don't want blessing, don't dwell in unity. It's your choice. Which way do we want it? Blessing comes in the unity of of the local church. This is where God does it. Those who will not do the hard work of walking in unity, of what Paul in Ephesians 4 is going to call maintaining the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. Those who will not do that in a local church will never experience the full blessing that God has for them in Jesus Christ. They will spend their life wondering why I don't seem to experience. You don't experience it because the blessing is found when brothers dwell together in unity. That's where God promises. That's where God bestows. That's where God commands a blessing. So the question, and again, we're kind of doing applying the words as we go along. Am I consciously pressing into the community of blessing? Or am I saying, I know God, you said it's there, but I want it over here. Let me go ahead and tell you, you're not going to win the argument with God. You're no more going to find it out of the 
unity of the community of the local church, then you're going to find it outside of Christ. I'm not going to win by saying, I want the blessing, I don't want the Jesus thing. That's a losing argument. And it's equally a losing argument to say, I want the blessing, can I skip the local church thing? God says, no, it's not the way it works. I've bestowed my blessing. Be there where the blessing is pouring off of your great high priest and you are dwelling together in unity. Do we see? It is in the beautiful community that we find the blessing. So we're not really going to apply the word as we traditionally do because we've done it as we moved along. Blessing is found only in Christ. Am I in Christ? Do I, do I realize that I am blessed? Am I living as a blessed one? Does that, does that characterize my outlook? And am I experiencing it in community? Am I pressing into community knowing that's where it is? Now, what I want to do, and we're going to stand together to do something in just a moment, is we're given this ultimately so we can pass it on to others. But in the interim, Paul also tells us there's another purpose. And that is, when we are blessed, we first respond by giving praise back to God. There's another phrase in this passage that is used over and over and over again. Notice in verses 6, 12, and 14, Paul says this. He's, he's referred to all the blessings we have, and in verse 6 he says, to the praise of his glorious grace. In verse 12, he says, this is in order that we who were the first to open Christ might be for the praise of his glory. And in verse 14, he said, when it all gets wrapped up at the end and everything has been accomplished, he says that we are the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. All of this is for the praise of God, his grace, and his glory. Because when you realize this, that God has poured all of his blessing onto the great high priest, and it's just dripping over into your life, and it is secured from eternity past to the present, all the way into eternity in the future, and you know that that is who you are, and it is all because of Jesus Christ, there is only one response, and that is to the praise of his glory and his grace. That's how we respond as the people of God. It is ultimately focused on God. And then that's what flows out when we say, oh, can I pass this on to others? God, if you've been so good and given to this to me and it's all been by grace, can I give it away? So that's what we're called to do. Now, what it means for us today is, are we giving praise to God for his blessing? How often do I specifically praise God for his lavish, overwhelming, eternal, secure, overwhelming blessing. Tomorrow morning, wake up, look in the mirror, and say, you are blessed with lavish, overwhelming, eternal, secure, overflowing blessing. That's who you are. Good morning. How often do we do that? That is your reality. Whatever else is going on, that is my reality. Do we realize that? Now, how we're going to respond is we're going to stand together 
And when I heard this, I thought of the song, The Doxology. It's very simple. But let's stand, and we're going to sing this, because notice here in this song, which is kind of really based on Psalm 100, but notice, praise God from whom what? All blessings flow. Notice it's also a Trinitarian song. So I couldn't think of a better way to end than we're going to sing this. I'll speak the benediction and blessing, and then we're going to go praise God for it and spread it. Amen? So I, I will try to get us on key. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him, all creatures here below. Praise him above ye heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy May the Lord, the God of your fathers, increase you a thousand times and bless you as he has promised. Go forth blessed and be a blessing through Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for listening to the teaching ministry of Bay Ridge Christian Church. For more teachings and resources, please visit www.brcc.church.